averaging the fewest air yards per attempt. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yards per attempt. What is going on, everybody? It is so good to be back for another episode of Yards Per Attempt. I am Eddie Borsilli. It is a feel-good Friday because the Raiders are 1-0 after an astounding win over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night that yours truly just so happened to be at. Watching with my own two eyes. One of the best games you'll ever see. Ups, downs, wackiness, sloppiness. Everything you could expect from a football game. But I have a confession to make to everybody out there. That game versus the Baltimore Ravens was the first Raider home game I have ever been to in my entire life. I know. I know. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. The first Raider home game I have ever been to. And boy, did I pick a good one. I'm an East Coast guy. Never got a chance to go out to L.A. Never got a chance to go out to Oakland. Unfortunately, it's one of the big swing and misses of my life. But did I pick a good game to go to? We are out there for SiriusXM. We had a, a live remote before the game with Jim and Pat. Talked to Jim Plunkett. Talked to JT DeBrick. Every, everyone was pumped up. But that game, I mean, where do I even start? Let's start with the Vegas vibes, okay? I had a great couple days out there. Shout out to Raider Cody. Shout out to Kenny King Jr., Saw them out there, chopped it up with a bunch of uh, Raider fans, Raider Nation. Vegas is such an incredible city in general, number one. But Vegas has has just grabbed onto the Raiders with open arms and embraced every single thing about it. You can't go more than five minutes walking around Vegas without hearing, Raiders, it's uncanny. Especially with the game coming up, people were so pumped up. There was Raider swag everywhere, people walking around with jerseys, all the hotels had Raider stuff. It's just built for sports, A, obviously. People go there to gamble and to bet. It's it's pretty incredible. And for a football team. It's a shame it took so long for this city to get a football team. It it, it was just incredible in every single way. Fans were so juiced up, the fans were so into it. It made for a hell of a night. Allegiant Stadium is incredible. I know last week on the podcast, I talked about being in Henderson, seeing the Raider practice facility. Allegiant Stadium is by far one of the nicest stadiums I've ever been in. I know they're all getting better each and every, you know, every time they're built, they're built even better than the next one. But Allegiant Stadium is awesome. There's so much Raider gear. Food was great. Drinks were great. Atmosphere, again, was off the charts. It's got every single thing you want in a new stadium, all the little nooks and crannies. So, I mean, Allegiant Stadium, and we talked about this last year. Without the fans, it was just a different place, right? It's just a place. It's a huge, cavernous place. It's almost eerie to be in there with no fans playing a football game. But the fans made the difference. And we'll get into it as we go along here, but... The players fed off that energy. 
They fed off of being third down, getting loud. They fed off of scoring plays, of big Raider plays, of the players, you know, telling everybody to get their hands up, get off their seats. It made a huge difference. This team was 2-6 and six at home last year. Can't happen again. We had a home field advantage when we played in Oakland. That has to come back, and I think you got a glimpse of it in week one. All right, let's get into the game because that is a game that the Raiders lose 10 times out of 10. That is the typical back and forth, a game you think they're going to win, and all of a sudden the Raiders piss it away and lose in the end. And for a while there, you thought that was going to be the case. 14-0, defense is kind of on their heels a little bit, even, even with the improved pass rush, and the offense looked horrible. Let's start with that. The, the offense in the first quarter, at least, was not the offense where I used to seeing. Carr, usually in the beginning of games, the first say, 15 to 20 scripted plays, is usually on point. He's usually accurate, in a rhythm. Him and Gruden planned it out. It's usually smooth. I think in bigger games, while he's so good at the end, that being Carr, he gets a little jacked up. He gets a little too jacked up. But I don't blame him for that because this was the first game with fans. This is the first time people have been in that stadium cheering on their home team. So I don't blame him for that. But the offense... The communication sucked early on. Offensive line was having a, a, a tough time. And Carr was just a little bit off. So I wasn't used to, we weren't used to seeing the offense that out of sync. But they battled back. They really did. Carr started spreading the ball around. But the key for me, this defense, we didn't need the defense. And I've tweeted this out. You don't need the defense to be the Ravens with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You don't need to be the 85 Bears. Just get a turnover or two. Just cause some destruction, some disruption. Get to the quarterback. Good things happen. Early on, Max and Unique were basically slamming into each other coming off the edge. There was consistent pass rush that entire game. There was not a time that in that game where the Raiders let down. And I attribute it to two things. Kirk Morrison, the great Kirk Morrison, who worked on the broadcast with us down for Sirius XM, had an analogy that kind of Stuck with me. He compared the Raiders' defensive depth now and their defensive line and the way Gus Bradley wants to use them, almost like a hockey team, like, like line changes, getting in and out, guys jumping over the boards so everybody's fresh. The D-line never got tired. They never got, you know, bent. Usually for Raider games, they, they, they hold their own for a little while. Third and fourth quarter comes, they're gassed. The, the opposition's running up and down the field. That didn't happen to, uh, on Monday night versus the Ravens. These guys were fresh. So shout out to Gus Bradley for, for doing that. But early on, Max and Unique were doing their thing, but Lamar was being Lamar. I think, honestly, and we'll see it this week versus Big Ben, any other quarterback besides Lamar Jackson, Raiders have easy eight sacks in that game. Easy. Crosby was all over the place. Unique was creating great pressure. And once they, they sealed up the middle and didn't allow Lamar to get out of the pocket, that's when a turnover started happening. That's when you started seeing good things for the defense. And timely, timely turnovers. Carl Nassib, a huge turnover. We'll look back at that hopefully later in the season. One of the big turning points of the season. A monster shred. It's just playing basic fundamental defense. Do your job. Punch the ball out. So I just, I loved everything about the D-line, the rotation, the guys they were bringing in, the sub-packages. And 
<clears throat> the linebacker play, look, you could say what you will. KJ looked a little slow out there, I, 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 but he made plays. The fourth down stop, he was there too. Littleton got burnt on, on a couple routes, but he made some plays too. Jonathan Abram played a smart football game. He wasn't crazy running all around the field, taking bad angles, giving up big plays. And I, uh, another big key, although he didn't have a big game per se, but having Trayvon Merrick in deep center field is a difference for this defense, makes a difference for this defense. You didn't see the big over-the-top plays. The one touchdown they had to Marquise Brown, Merrick was right there, but Lamar was doing Lamar things. So I think having that D-line that's that deep, and I think in equal play this week, he hasn't been ruled out yet. I know his hamstring is a little, you know, tight. We'll see if he gets out there, but I expect Clee Farrell to be back this week. Maybe we'll get a little Malcolm McCoonts active on Sunday. I just think having that, having that rotation of defensive linemen, keeping guys fresh. So in the fourth quarter, when you need a turnover, you get one and call Nassib because he's fresh and he's getting after the quarterback. And let's talk about Max Crosby, man. I mean, this dude, the most impressive play to me from Max Crosby and the sacks are great and everything like that. Lamar had a bootleg where he rolled to the right. Max Crosby was step per step with Lamar Jackson. With Lamar Jackson. This isn't any other quarterback. This is one of the most dynamic players in the league. Max Crosby, step for step with him to the boundary, forcing him out. It's impressive, man. Shout out to Max. That guy is a baller, and people are going to know about it. He's going to have a monster season. Just having a guy like Unique Ngakwe on the other side, opening things up. So he's not getting double teamed all the time. He's not the only pass rusher. It makes a huge difference. I was really, really, really excited from what I saw from the defense. They have to be consistent now. Just because you play good week one versus the Ravens doesn't mean you can let up. They have to be consistent. They don't have to be spectacular. Give the chance. We talked about it all last year on the podcast. Give the offense a chance. Give them a short field. Give them opportunities to put points on the board because we all saw it. Once the offense got rolling, it got clicking. And Carr was basically unstoppable. But just to, I mean, I love what I see from the defense. But just to, I mean, the range of emotion being a Raider fan, just the ups and downs, it can never be easy. And that's what I loved about being with the fans in the stands. Like just seeing people's emotion. Like, you, you know, for, for me, again, never being to a home game, you could see it on TV. I know people, I, I watch the games with people. It's different being there. It's different seeing people's anguish. It's seeing people's, you know, joy. It was, it, it was truly awesome. Slapping high fives with strangers. When the Edwards TD happened, I thought people were going to lose. I thought the building was going to come down. It was one of the, the greatest moments ever. And then uh, another thing about being there, and you're not watching it on TV, so you don't really know what's happening. Everyone's just euphoric. And no one knows, okay, why, is, why are teams coming out? And then all of a sudden the referee's like, hey, he was short. And it's like, oh, man. All right, let's punch it in. And they don't get in. And they don't get in. And you're like, oh, my God. They give this ball back to Baltimore. This game's over. But that's what the difference was. They had their chances. They made the most of it. Something crazy happened like it does in every single Raider game ever. And they get the ball back. <laughs> and... The, the craziest thing, too, for me, I know I keep saying the word crazy, but the whole goddamn game was crazy, so we'll keep on saying it. 
after they get the ball back and I see Carlson running on the field, I'm screaming, no, get off the fucking field. Get off the field. I'm with two coworkers who have never been to a Raider game either. They're looking at me like I'm, I'm nuts probably. I'm like, get, I'm like, why are we kicking a field goal? I love Carlson. He was money on Monday, but get off the fucking field. We don't need to kick a field goal there. And then the confusion, and then Carr hits Zay on a beautiful pass, fade away like Kobe. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, what do you, what do you say? What do you say to a game like that? It, it's, it's the perfect Raider game. Highs, lows, WTF moments. And in like years, years gone by, we keep on watching this football team. Usually they end in losses. And you're like, damn, we had so many chances. We could have won. We should have did this. Well, it happened. So what, what I, the biggest takeaway I want to take from this game, and we talked about it last year too, when you go into Kansas City and you beat the Chiefs, use this game. You could go toe-to-toe with anybody in the AFC. This team can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the AFC. If they get good defense like they got versus, uh, on Monday, and the offense is going to be there like the offense always has, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. Anybody. They can go toe-to-toe with any team in this league. So use it. Use it. Don't let this opportunity slip by. Six and three, back-to-back years. It can't happen again. You could beat these good teams. And now you have to flip the script from last year. You take, you, you win three games at home last year. This is a double-digit win team. That's the difference from last year to this year. Flip the home record. Use Allegiant Stadium in all its glory as your home field. This is a playoff team in 2021. All right. A couple things that concern me a little bit heading into Pittsburgh on Sunday. The offensive line. Where the hell is Richie Incognito? I mean, this guy... I, I, lo- I, love, I love the player. Gruden loves the player. He fits the Raider mold perfectly. He just can't stay on the field. I don't know what it is, if it's reoccurring, if, it, if it's something, something else. But they need this guy back in the worst way. They really do. Illuminor did a good job filling in. Shout out to Denzel Good. That sucks. It really sucks for him. I like him as a player. Going to miss him. But this line is getting thinner and thinner as the weeks go by. Can't happen. This is a long-ass season, 17 games. So the line concerned me a little bit. The communication I talked about before on the offensive line concerned me a little bit. You have Andre James, doesn't have a lot of starts. Alex Leatherwood, rookie. So this line has to step up. You're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers now. This is probably the biggest test you'll have all year. In Pittsburgh, road game, early game, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, dudes like that. So I want to see more from the offensive line. And the injury stuff. Jacob seems to get banged up all the time. He seems to be on the injury report every single week. And the dude's a gamer. So I think he'll be out there on Sunday. I think he'll, he'll give it a go. But the line play, the injuries concern me a little bit. Because, again, it's only week two. It's a 17-game season. You want to see more. So I expect, honestly, I don't know why I get this feeling. I feel like this game in Pittsburgh is going to be the launching off point. I feel like this game in Pittsburgh is going to be like the Kansas City game in Kansas City last year, where they just go out and it's freaking bombs away. Now, I could be totally wrong, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit it on this podcast next week if the offense goes out there and shits the bed. But I expect this to be a bombs away, aired out, old school Raider game. Rugs getting in the mix. Waller, of course. I mean, I just, I just, I get that feeling. Raiders always seem to put up points in Pittsburgh on the road. One of my favorite games of all time 
was the Raider win in Pittsburgh, Bruce Gradkowski to Lewis Murphy. That's one of my favorite games of all time, and the Raiders were crap back then. But I just get the sense that this is going to be an airing out Raider offensive explosion. And in years past, that usually comes with the defense giving up equal amount of points. Let's, not hope, let's hope that's not the case. Defensive line's got to be there again. Got to get pressure on Ben. He's not Lamar Jackson. Still can do Ben things and make, and make great throws. But it's almost like a sitting duck back there. So I hope Gus Bradley schemes it out, lets these guys go eat, because there's no way he's escaping up in the middle of the pocket. He can move around. He's a big guy to take down. But I think this defensive line can get after him a little bit. And they got to stop the run. They weren't great against Baltimore. Again, a lot of the yards come from Lamar scrambles in that fourth down play for the touchdown. But got to be better against the run. So I expect an aerial assault this week from this team. I expect them to air it out a little bit. You saw the car early on. It was frustrating. I'm not going to lie. In the game versus Baltimore, it was frustrating watching Carr, A, be as off as he was, and then two, going after Waller in every play. He's got to have trust in his receivers. And I think that's what you got in the second half. You saw him obviously go to Renfro, who's, why not? The guy's always freaking open. The guy's such a study, so underrated as a player. And then Edwards. I mean, you have to have trust in a guy like Brian Edwards now, the guy that made those big-ass plays when it mattered. So I think Carr needs to just trust his guys, man. He trusts Waller enough to just throw it up to him. Trust Edwards enough. Throw it up to the guy. Let him make a play. Same with Ruggs. It just it always seems like him and Ruggs are just not on the same page. There was one play early in the game. Ruggs is flying down the field wide open. I was in the press box at the time. Everybody gasped. Because Carr just didn't see him. It's just, I, I, we're just waiting for that explosion for them to click. I think they could do it this week. I honestly think it's going to be an offensive explosion in Pittsburgh. We'll all see. It was an incredible night again in Vegas. It really was. I was so pumped to be there. The range of emotions, you know, just a long day, being there, ups and downs. I had one of the best times, one of the best nights of my life, to be honest. It was so cool being in that stadium. I can't wait to go back. I've been raving about it for a week. Let's get to 2-0. Tough Steeler team. This ain't going to be easy. Protect the quarterback. Air it out. Raiders have a good chance this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.